Welcome to a bonus episode of Dissecting the Media. This is a short episode featuring a new special guest each week. Dissecting the Media is a podcast hosted by the heads of the Mira Manch Queens, the theater club at Jane Mira's Park. With the conclusion of our weekly writers room sessions last month, we were left with wonderful stories written by talented writers. Today we will be listening to Unfortunate Lovers by Shreya Bhire. I watched the moon through the open window in all its majesty. Right now, I saw only a part of it, but it commanded the sky with its stoic rule. And yet, when it ascended its throne as its unfortunate lover slept, it welcomed me in its domain. A strong gust of wind made the candle in front of me flicker. I watched it fight with the wind. a tantalizing dance of life and death in the end though it is death death that gets us all i watched the only light in the room go out just like they had my sweet amu they didn't deserve what finally became their end every time my hands longed to hold them close to me there was an ache in my heart that didn't seem to ever dull the moon understood me though it knew my pain it knew me and i knew it we sat here time after time watching each other from the windows at our dining table never moving until it was time to go to bed this hour was different though it was special it would soon be time to sleep for a few moments the moon would get to see its lover and me mine and as though the thought entered my head i heard the footsteps and as i stood up from my chair to leave the dining table i felt their presence behind me amu there they were a phantasmic presence their skin was ghostly pale but they smiled at me i glanced at the moon it was time I closed the gap between us. With this kiss, Knox gives you their life. I whispered as I held their face in my palms. And then our lips met, each hanging on desperately, attempting to share what little time and life we had with each other, none wanting to let go. Each second we had together was precious, but in the end, death. gets us all and as the sky turned the most brilliant color our lips parted amu's skin was warm now and as color left my world i stared at amu's radiant face and as my eyes closed the last thing i heard was good night love i can't I can't fathom how 370 words just 370 words can make a person feel so much so Tell much so much please don't don't be modest take it <laughs> I'm not okay take it as it is I'm I I'm glad you liked it but I don't feel like that was so much okay 
That was just. It was. Gosh, no, I'm going to completely counter you here. It was so much. I, gosh, I was so. Oh, I'm I'm so overwhelmed right now because there was. there was there was a bit of you know uh, I, i was i was hanging in like a vacuum in the beginning trying to figure out what was going on so that was emotion number 1 emotion number 2 came when we have the the candle the the, the imagery of the candle just gave me so much calm for some reason that i think so much association with me okay me and candles and calm that's why that yes maybe maybe and and then came um, you know the mention of amo and then i felt i, I did, you know it's it's the the inherent reader uh, you know feeling where you just when you when you're reading and you you see this uh, any mention of a person longing for another person you feel that longing a little bit Mm-hmm. i felt that for amo nox is longing for amo and and then you feel you know nox's love for amo right after the longing and then the moon the moon need a sense the moon the moon is an emotion in itself okay and gosh and 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 then that 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 sudden sheer joy of uh, you know that that burst of uh, of of again uh, of happiness when you when when amo just materializes and you you feel noxes oh my god amo's here they here and and they're right there and i can see them and wow and they're beautiful and you feel it for them you feel it for nox and amo and then when um, with the with that one there's just one uh, you know one exchange verbal exchange in this uh, entire short story yeah is this kiss nox gives you their life and immediately you know that they're going to again um, you know be separated somebody's going to die <laughs> and and then you feel a bit of dread ki no 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 they just they, they, they were just here they just here and and they're, they're going what what's going on and and you and, and you you feel that that desperation where you just try to hang on to each other where nox and uh, amo trying to hang on to each other and and then you know that you 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 kind of sort of feel a bit of your um your energy leave you as you know life leaves noxus being and then you feel the good night love you just feel it somehow even that the good night love becomes an emotion and then it's it's everything is gone it's it has just left your heart is empty and 370 words man all of that in just 370 words i think the only emotion i sort of felt when i was writing it was just this um just the entire time it was this um feeling of um you know when you have something but don't quite have it like i know i have this but this this weird liminal feeling of i don't know what to do with this thing that i have but not really 
right and you know sort of this this sort of loneliness and so i decided to sort of uh, use the moon as a companion you know symbolize it as a companion rather than uh, a moon but i think that's what that's the whole thing with us queers we are obsessed with the moon right so yes <laughs> the moon but i feel yeah. like uh, what i wanted to do here and what the whole concept of the short story was do you want me to tell it or do, do we want to keep this ambiguous for our listeners no go for it i mean it's fine go for it we are here to get every ugly naked truth from the <laughs> author so go for it <laughs> okay okay so the whole idea of the entire thing right unfortunate lovers is um two lovers who never we you know the idea that yes we do love each other both of them know and there is a working relationship there but circumstances uh, sort of keeping you apart all the time right and uh, that was sort of the base idea of where it came from but then the symbolize uh, symbolism there is uh, of night and day right so quite literally night nox is na- latin and for night and um amu is finish for uh, day literally quite literally like you can go google it um and you have night and day and sun and moon so you know them sitting at the dining table is uh, having uh, you know nox as the night experiencing the night right and um, you know the window being the night being you know the night sky and the window being the only place where you can see the moon through the clouds and uh, candle obviously you know stars uh, were supposed to be like you know the candles and uh, you know you seeing the moon the phases of the moon so when i say you know you could only see uh they could only see a part of it it was supposed to be a phase like it's not the full moon it's a part of the moon but even through that small phase it's like that companion being there which you know i get you i understand you because uh tomorrow when uh, or maybe that is not even the whole case with sun and moon but it's nox projecting their sort of you know situation onto this silent companion that they have uh, in the moon and the whole idea with that is that uh, when amu will come so when the day will come we lose the night but then you have these two small tiny tiny gaps of the dawn and the dusk so what i have described here is the dawn so uh, night then changing into day so you have nox sitting there and nox sort of stream of consciousness i don't want to get too into the stream of consciousness because then it might have become distracting so it was very restrained stream of consciousness but yes nox is stream of consciousness and as amo came in uh, you know that that moment of dawn when they kissed and uh, sort of the life that nox was living it they're sharing that one life right that one breath so when um, nox is alive amu is not 
and then Knox will give Amu that kiss and that breath through sort of, you know, uh, that sort of ritual, you can call it, the ritual of dawn. And then Amu will have that life and they will have, you know, warmth in their body and radiance because obviously the sun is morning now. And Knox will be the one who's dead, but only for 12 hours. And you have this, this, this precious circle of, you know, life and death and day and night for 12, you know, dying for 12 hours, coming back, dying for 12 hours, coming back. And it's, it's sad because for that, that 12 hours, the, the lover is dead. They can't interact with the lover. It's not like they're in another room. No, they're dead. That's why when we first see Amu, Amu is ghostly pale because they're dead or undead at that point. And they've come there because it's time. So I could go on about this forever. But yes, that was the entire idea behind that short story what I wanted to portray. You know, I feel like all of us have, um, you know, been where Amu has, but not in the sense of experiencing a kind of love like this. But, you know, if, if anybody here listening has gone out of the house at like early, early in the morning, when the when it's still dark outside, but and the sun is just really close to rising, okay? You um, suppose say, you know, you're, it, it, it's good to be at a height to feel this emotion, like maybe on a terrace or on a hilltop or whatever. And you... Um, you sort of, you sort of feel um, so cold in the early morning. It's misty. It is damp. It is um, the birds are still trying to get up, but not entirely. And they're struggling to start their day as well. You're struggling to start your day, and you're just waiting for something that will give you life. And then the sun comes. And, you know, the sun rising and the heat of it on you, just, you know, just the, the, the image, the thing that goes into your, you know, in, into your mind, through your eyes, just the, the visual of the sun rising and you experiencing it in the flesh. It just sort of feels like your Amu coming and giving you a little kiss and you giving your, um, your life to Amu but also taking back a promise of, you know, it'll be, we'll do the same thing in a few hours. We'll see each other again in a different context, but we'll see each other again. And it's, oh my God, it's amazing. I, I loved it. Gosh, the, the I, I feel like the, the thing that really um, keeps me as the reader just so and captured is the imagery. You're always seeing something through um, it, it. You know that that's the thing, right? In stream of consciousness, it's very hard to uh, maintain that visual yeah. imagination. Yeah. It's it's uh, that, that's why stream of consciousness is so hard to read. Like, let's accept it. It is hard to read because there's a lot of thought in it. But then. Um, 
I see where it's restrained because I see a lot of image, but then I see thoughts through that image. And my God, I want that. That makes you feel everything. I'm glad, honestly, I'm glad. Uh, but I wanted to give it a sort of visual thinking, right? Like a uh, thinking via objects, like taking objects in as metaphors. So there is an image in front of you, so it's not distracting. Because that that is a very big challenge of uh, doing stream of consciousness. It's it's uh, it's very thought based, and uh, once you go into that thought tangent, it's it's suddenly becomes hard to make sense because that is how thoughts are and you have to pay a lot of attention and uh, I did not want that as a prerequisite for reading this. I was like, no, let's try to sort of put it through, uh, you know, visual thought. So, you know, tethering the first thought around the moon. So I've even broken up paragraphs in that way. Then mm-hmm. tethering the first thought around the moon, then tethering the next thought around the candle then tethering the next thought around uh, you know the dining table and that area and sort of putting visual markers in everywhere and getting that done yeah it sort of helps the reader also uh, you know go around it and maneuver through it very easily because uh, again not everybody is used to uh, stream of consciousness ಅಟ್ಲೀಸ್ಟ್ I did not have to put any uh, I, mean, I don't mean this in the wrong sense but I didn't have to put any effort everything just came to me so easily when I was reading it like every emotion and I'm sure that every single person listening to this or whoever goes on to read it will feel their own uh, you know set of emotions because everybody have their own experiences so everybody will feel their own set of emotions but they will feel something they will 100% feel something and that's you know the beauty of it 370 words and you will feel something guaranteed or money back <laughs> it's and and again tell me about your writing process what was the best your what was the, the which part of these 370 words was your favorite uh this is very weird okay because i don't remember a process so i curated uh, the i helped in curating with the prompts for this writers room right so i was not the whole deal is that you don't know what the prompts prompts are right and with each new prompt that you get it throws a wrench in the idea that you had before but now you have to incorporate the new prompt and do this so uh, i i because i knew all three prompts i was not ever going to write a story right because it it sort of uh, breaks from the idea of by right we do writers you know to help everybody think on the fly and sort of incorporate new things in their story but uh, i was after and this was post session right we finished the session i was sitting and ella asked me 
to write a story for lituits right mm-hmm. and coincidentally uh, our prompts for that day and uh, the prompts that lituits needed us to incorporate were very similar so i was sitting there and one of our prompts for that week was work song by hozier and we were sitting there and i was listening to that i was listening to it on the repeat and this just sort of happened i was so it, in my head i was like i have to write something and i was just like you know playing around with words and seeing if this works and i was sitting in my uh, balcony so i could it was it was you know later in the day i could see the moon and i was like right so and i could feel you know this cold breeze it was nice and i was like okay so i was just taking my own sort of immediate environment in to sort of put words down because very frankly up until that point i had i had not written prose in about a year so i was just taking my immediate environment in and doing it so i don't know how it happened but i know that it happened because i did not have a name for amu at that point i desperately wanted to keep both my characters uh, gender neutral because you don't have to associate gender with things like day and night so <laughs> so um i i the the only time i consciously came in ki, oh my god this actually wrote a short story was when i realized i don't have a name for amu and i'm like oh bell you know so i just put in uh, i i don't remember i don't even remember what i put in there i think i put in morning there and um, you know made it italic so that i know i have to change this later and then i consciously wrote the last part you know understanding you know i am i have written something i am writing something and getting it to its conclusion so there is no process in all technicality it it just i was listening to hozier and it happened and i think that is uh, i don't want to characterize it but i feel like most of the um, most beautiful art came out of just the spur of a moment inspiration just the the biggest of inspirations just come in the spur of the moment you're listening to a song or you're reading something else or or you're just writing something yourself just just something you're staring at a color you're looking at the sunset you're experiencing dawn whatever it it's just that spur of a moment inspiration that comes to you and i i honestly i feel like um it's an personal it's my personal nightmare to be able to uh, chalk out my writing process absolutely because of yeah because of how it is just so it's just it it just exists okay it's there the the the, the device is right there my brain is right here my hands are working according to what my brain is commanding them to and it's done that's the process honestly and i think for somebody with anxiety if i start talking out that process it's going to be a nightmare for me to follow that process every time nope i will do what i want to whenever it comes to me there is no process exactly exactly and 
I, I, I honestly really, I, I don't know what goes on in the brains of, of the authors and the writers who do actually have a process. How do you stick to that? I, I mean, to each their own, honestly. Yeah, but their, their sense of order will always be a dream. <laughs> always. Because, no, dude, are, it's... Chaos reigns supreme. It does, but come on. I feel like, um, you know, consistent writing, especially of a continued piece, for example, maybe a novel, right? Consistent writing is very important, unlike the way we do it, where we write 10 chapters and then abandon it for a year and a half and then come back and write that again. Metaphor, that metaphor feels a little too personal for me to relate to. <laughs> it is. I am attacking you right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why this is only 370 words. If it was more than that, Shreya, would I, we wouldn't be doing this until we are out of Miraj. <laughs> we would be doing this after we graduated. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's, you know, I always kind of look up to that sense of order which authors uh, execute so flawlessly i don't get it how tell me what do you eat what do you drink that you get that sort of discipline in you but then again i feel like art doesn't have to have discipline right? yeah. it can have disciplines but it doesn't have to have discipline exactly it's not art no, put it in a box exactly shatter the glass ceiling go do your thing Yes. Oh, yes, I'm glad yes. you liked it. And thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for having me, me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I also host this podcast for anybody who listened to this for the first time. I also host this podcast. But yes. Yes. We decided we wanted to do this story. So yes, thank you. Thank you for coming here. Thank you for joining us. Meera on screen. I am so thankful to you. We are indebted to you for life. But yeah. So I think the, the biggest thing that I can take away from this. Um, this entire conversation is. Number one. Day and night do not have a gender. Yes. Remind to that. Number two. Love doesn't have to have a set uh, definition. Love can be the fleeting two minutes you experience after every 12 hours. It can be. Yeah. And if that and number three, works for you, it works for you. Exactly, it works for you. And number three, smash the glass ceiling, man. It doesn't matter. Yes. Smash the glass yes. ceiling. Thank you for listening to Dissecting the Media. If you have any suggestions on any specific piece of media, be it movies, TV shows, books, even songs that you want us to dissect next, send us your pics on Instagram.